We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, everybody? It's Rob from the Striking Gold Podcast on the Blue Wire Network. We are pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after this show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal, Stories of Soccer Legends. It's going to be narrated by our fellow Blue Wire host, Brandon Kelly. Each Monday, two new episodes will take a look into some of the soccer's biggest stars and the moments that defined their careers. From Holland, Zlatan, Messi, Rapinoe, and many more, each episode will focus in on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after the episode and listen to Golden Goal, Stories of Soccer Legends, wherever you get your podcasts. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Striking Gold Podcast. This week's episode, as always, is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers, and joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. What's going on, man? What's up, man? Got some uh, big news in 49er land. It's been kind of quiet with, like, most news. I mean, outside of Patrick Mahomes, that was kind of crazy. But, you know, with the 49ers, it's been kind of quiet. You've heard a little George Kittle rumblings, and then... We get a bomb dropped on us today. Yeah, I know. It's like it's almost like 
the 49ers just don't ever want it to be quiet. Like it seems like we never go any for like years. It seems like we've never gone any real, real significant stretch without something coming up. I mean, maybe it's that way for every team, but it seems like the 49ers are always finding a way to, I don't know, keep us entertained, I guess the best way to put it. But what my friend Eric is alluding to is um, projected number one running back Raheem Mostert uh, requested a trade today, which was a surprise to essentially everybody. Um, I mean, it, it came along I mean, a little later in the afternoon, shortly after lunch. And like I said, it was just kind of out of nowhere. And to kind of just paint the scene for you, um, it was broke. The, the news was broken by all the normal suspects, you know, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport. Um, but Raheem's agent also tweeted, about it and said, and I quote, after months of unproductive talks with the 49ers about fairly adjusting Raheem Mostert's contract, which paid him for special teams, we have requested a trade, disappointing that it would come to this for a guy who led all NFL running backs in yards per carry and helped lead them to the Super Bowl. So, a lot of thoughts on this. I have a lot of thoughts. But first, what Crocker? What's what's your first? You don't. I mean, you don't have to fully elaborate on it. I mean, we're going to talk back and forth. But what are your initial thoughts when upon reading all of this? Yeah, you know, the, the first my first thought was get your money, Raheem Mostert, and and I tweeted that out, and I got a lot of comments, you know, with mixed reviews. But you know, when I when I really started thinking about it from from his perspective. And a lot of times I tend to take the side of the players because I know like at the end of the day, it's a business and you have to get the money whenever you can get it. And I get it. You know, I see some fans, well, he just signed a contract last year. Uh, like, like the, like the agent said, that was a contract really more based on his special teams performances. Now where most of it is in his career. I mean, you know, he's, been on what six teams or cut six times before even playing with the 49ers. And in his three years now with the 49ers, he's had very limited opportunities, very limited role and opportunities to really showcase his ability. And every time he's been given the opportunity to showcase his ability, he's done it. His coach, his agent alluded to his uh, yards per carry for um, this year saying he led the league in rushing, but I'm going to read off some numbers these are Raheem Mostert's, and I don't have his receiving stats in here, but just his rushing numbers, all right, um, since he's been with the 49ers. And that also goes back to um, with uh, uh, Chip Kelly. He had six carries for 30 yards. Now, total, he's he's had 230 carries. To put that in perspective, that's the same, uh, not even the same amount. Nick Chubb, the uh, running back for the, the Cleveland Browns, he had almost 300 just this year. So most of in his time with the 49ers, 230 carries for 1,339 rushing yards, 14 rushing touchdowns, and 5.8 yards per carry. I, I say all that to say, like, those numbers, if you were to, you know, give him that amount of carries over a season and, you know, he lives up to the averages he's been given, that's a Pro Bowl caliber year. And, and, and you know, with the opportunities he's been given, he he has played extremely well, including in the NFC Championship, running for over 200 yards and having four rushing touchdowns. Mostert, 
the the tough thing is he plays the running back position, which isn't really uh, highly coveted, I guess. It's like everybody wants a running back, but they don't want to pay a running back. So he has to deal with that. But just for him and, and, and his situation, he's a 28-year-old running back. At the end of this contract, he'd be, what, like 30 years old. Um, and once you get on the wrong side of 30 in the NFL, they, you know, they change running back so fast. From year to year, it just changes. So I think he's in a uh, position right now to where he's been a guy who has not been a big money guy. He's not a, uh, you know, the running back from the Chargers that, that that just signed elsewhere where, yeah, I was a top 15 draft pick. You know, he got paid big money. Most of it hasn't had that. I'm pretty sure most of his career has been playing on the minimum or whatever it is. So he has an opportunity right now to kind of cash in on what he can do for the 49ers in this offense for the next couple of years. And he's just asking for a little bit of, you know, salary bumps and they're not willing to do it. So I get it, man. You got to take care of your family. You know, it's hard to take care of your family on vet minimum. I mean, for like long term, uh, getting, you know, a little bump can really help him and his family go a long ways. So from his perspective, I 100% see exactly what he's trying to do here. And, I think he's kind of earned a little bit of a rework, especially when you look at the money that's been paid to backs inside that same uh, room who aren't, who haven't been as productive with the 49ers as he has. So that's kind of, I know it's kind of a long-winded answer, but that's kind of my thoughts on it, man. I I think if he doesn't do it now, when else is he going to have an opportunity to get paid like that? He's pushing 30 years old. Yeah, no, I mean, mean it wasn't that long-winded because what you're about to hear is long-winded. So, <laughs> and what I'm going to say before I even start talking is because I don't even like to listen to myself talk. You know, like I spend most of my days realizing I sound like like some the guy who does the Kermit the Frog voice. So I don't even like to listen to myself talk. So at any point, Crocker, if you disagree or if you have a judicial thought, just interrupt me. I'm giving you like straight up permission to interrupt me right now. Because I just have a lot of my thoughts down, and I'm going to kind of roll through them. Some of them you already said, and some of them you haven't said yet. And, you know, like I said, you might disagree or something. So during this little time of me talking, feel free to interrupt me whenever. Or we have a little thing on Zencaster that has a little, like, do you see next to your name where there's a little raise your hand symbol? Yep. Like, I, you can right click now. that, and that'll tell me to shut the hell up. So, but, <laughs> so if you want to use it, you can. I'll try and look at it. But yeah, man, anyway, so. And this is your so, buddy too. So you you I mean you've kind of gotten to know this dude on more of a personal level too. And, and I don't want to say that in the sense of like you know more than anybody else, but you kind of know who this guy is. So right, feel, man, right. let loose. <laughs> well, that's and that's where I want to start because to me, uh, it rarely does something come along where you can see pretty clearly both sides of the table and kind of what both parties are thinking. Now, with Raheem, I, I do consider him a friend. I play Xbox with him uh, pretty often. And every time I saw him in the locker room, you know, he would dap me up. He's a, he's a great dude. He's very, very humble. He's, he's very kind. And I, and I mean that, you know, he's, you can say that about anybody. But, you, but he just seems like a very nice dude. Not seems like it. He is. I've, I've experienced it. So it's, you know, I, I, and, and I know that he's a, he's a wholeheartedly a family man. So when Crocker says he's trying to take care of his family, that's what he's trying to do. He just had a brand new ba- a brand new boy who I want to say is coming up on two years old now. And now he's about to have another one. 
And if, if there is ever a time where he needs to like, like, again, like Crocker said, take care of his family and grab that bag while the option is even there. This is it. You know, this, this is, this is his shot. Now I'm not, it, it might not even work out, but you cannot blame the guy for trying. That is, he has worked his entire life for this moment. He just had one of the greatest playoff performances for a running back ever. And now he's trying to take advantage of that. And that's, that's 100% his right. And that's what he should be doing. You know, his contract right now is, is relatively modest for a running back. And it was like the, his agent said, paid off the fact that he's a, uh, an outstanding special teamer. And, but even, you know, he's still making, you know, over 2 million. And he, what, what Ian Rappaport tweeted was that Raheem wanted to be paid more commensurate with the other running backs in that room. Uh, mainly Tevin Coleman, who's making about four and a half million this year, uh, with a little bit guaranteed. Raheem is making about two point five, with none of it guaranteed. Now, does Raheem need to fear for his job? Not really, because he's kind of the the commanding general in that room. But stuff happens. People, players get hurt. He wants a little bit of guarantees and a little bit of safety in his contract. Which again, smart for him. He's trying to take care of his family. Now, on the other hand. Raheem is is just another one of uh, a long list of running backs who have had success under Kyle Shanahan. A lot of those running backs, essentially no named, no names before they were blessed with Kyle Shanahan's scheme. So that makes Raheem's emergence a little less. What's the word I'm looking for here? A little less surprising. A little less, you know, like. He, of course, he he kind of, in my opinion, stepped above and beyond what we would normally expect from a Shanahan running back. You know, over 200 yards and, and four touchdowns in the NFC Championship game. But there is that. He everybody kind of expects running backs in Kyle Shanahan's offense to perform well. So he does have that working against him in a little bit. And to me, in that same ballpark, is you're requesting to be traded away from one of, if not the most favorable offenses for a running back in the NFL. So to me, there's a little bit of like, like like 100% understand what Raheem's doing and what he's trying to do. Because a lot of, you know, every other team saw that, what he did in the NFC Championship game to the Green Bay Packers. And a lot of teams probably think that they could use that guy on their team for the price that Raheem's looking for. But at the same time, you got to realize you are asking to leave Kyle Shanahan's offense. The only offense in the NFL that made Raheem Mostert look like what he is today. Now, he's also the only really team that gave him a chance to do that. But, you know, there's to me, that's where it starts to get a little scary. Like you're asking to leave the top run, the top offense for running backs. So that's kind of, to me, just one of my thoughts that, you know, it's a little scary. And, you know, the, the other thing working against Raheem right now is the, the, the financial climate that the NFL finds itself in. All of these, or I, I, I venture to say none of these teams know how much they are going to have to work with next season. The uh, uh, Several teams, including the San Francisco 49ers, just emailed their season ticket holders offering refunds for this season. And if you don't get a refund, you can forward that money to the 2021 season. And then you would have priority for whatever type of seating is offered this year, if any. So the financial climate 
like Crocker said earlier, running backs already don't get paid that, you know, that much compared to what they're asked to do. They're already undervalued or, or maybe they're appropriately valued, whatever you want to say, but they already don't, aren't, don't command a lot of money. And Raheem wants to get a little bit more money in the middle of a time when teams just have no idea what they're going to have to work with next year. I mean, what did they just come out with the other day, Crocker, about how they the NFL asked players to to take 30% of their salary and put it into like an escrow account? Right, yeah. So I saw um, a tweet about that. So it's, you know, the, the financial part of the NFL is just completely in shambles right now. It could be the absolute worst time to request a pay raise. And it's not necessarily, I guarantee you, I guarantee you the 49ers would like to pay Raheem Mostert more money. But, it, it, you know, they're, they're one, they have a George Kittle extension staring them in the face that they've got to work out. They have to, 100%. They have to work that out. And then they also have no idea what they're going to be working with next year. So it's, I mean, I, I'm telling you that, that I can, I could, I'd be willing to bet with how much money they threw at Jarek McKinnon a couple seasons ago, with how much money Tevin Coleman's making now, it probably doesn't seem all that crazy to the 49ers that Raheem wants a little bit more. But the, the atmosphere right now is just so unprecedented. They have no idea what they have to work with. Uh, you know, but, but again, you kind of step back to, it doesn't sound like he's asking for all that much more. So, you know, who knows what, yeah. where that falls. But I think the, that's the my big thing. thing right. Yeah, go, no, no. I told you, you could interrupt me. <laughs> Roll. No, that, that, that's my thing. It's not like he's asking for, you know, a double digit, you know, 10 plus million dollars per year. You know, he's just asking for a little bit more because he's not getting paid like, a lead back, you know, and and he's in a room with guys Tevin Coleman and and Jared McKinnon who have made considerably. I mean, McKinnon didn't even play last year. How much money has he? How much money has McKinnon made since being with the 49ers? And he hasn't even played a down in the regular season. So you know, when you look at it from that perspective, it's like, man, like I'm I'm looking at how this dude pulling up to work, how he's driving, how he eating. <laughs> I'm looking at this dude, you know, got all the jewelry, all the chains, and I've been playing on league minimum most of the time. And I, you know, I got a little bit of a a, a bump, you know, last offseason, but that was for my special teams performance. Now I've been in a very limited role, had to fight for every single carry. And even then, even when he was getting off and all the fans were like, we Run Raheem Mostert. Like, run him more. Get Coleman out of there. Get Coleman out. We want to see Mostert. And he finally gets in, and he does exactly what everybody was hoping he would do or thought he would do. And and he's saying, hey, I, I can continue to do this. I just need a little pay raise because I haven't been paid. I'm an undrafted guy. I bounce from team to team. I haven't even been able to – I see these other guys eating. I haven't even been able to put my family in that type of position – but I know what I can do in this offense. You guys know what I can do in this offense. You guys know the value. Even if I'm not touching the ball, my value on special teams, I make this offense better. Do, do the 49ers 100% need Raheem Mostert? No. But he does make the offense more explosive. He ruins teams' uh, players' angles. I just saw uh, Rich Madrid post a video of um, him against the Packers. It was the third and eight or whatever. And that he hands off and he ends up scoring. I saw somebody say, man, that was a big hole. Yeah, it was a big hole. Then I saw another guy say, um, 
Look at the poor angles by the safety and the nickelback. Yeah, that's what happens when somebody's hella fast. Like, look at the, the, the run up the gut against the Saints, where guys are running into each other because he's shooting through the hole so fast. He's damn near not getting touched. Like, you do lose some of that. And, you know, I pay another $1.5 million or $2 million to somebody to, to keep that, you know, or give them some guarantees. Um, I think he's kind of earned that, in, especially when you consider what other guys on the team have gotten and have been giving way more. Because even after he balled, right, we saw him every all year, right? Like, he, like his agent said, led the league in, in yards per carry. And not just this year, last year too on limited carries, but but he led the league in this past season on on, on limited carries and in yards per carry. And even then, who's the guy getting the rock, you know, to start the game? Tevin Coleman. Right. And it's still like, dang, what do I have to do? He's just trying to put himself in position to where he's valued a little bit more by the organization. And in the long run, he's able to take care of his family a little bit better. So I understand it. But from a team perspective, I get it too. Like you were saying, the running back position is not valued and it's really cutthroat. I, I, I think, you know, teams, they really don't, they'll, they'll let you go real quick. They'll cut you and all that. I've been a part of it. So, you know, I, I get it, man, from both sides, but I really wish they just paid it. And not even so much that the 49ers just 100% need him, but I think he's kind of earned it. Right. I agree with you. I mean, there's nothing that you've said or, you know, obviously I'm not going to disagree with myself, but, you know, no, nothing either of us have said is really all that crazy. It's kind of all just kind of laying out all the kind of the, the obvious, I mean, not facts, I mean, facts-ish on the table. And you can just see how the whole thing pans out to be kind of a complex situation. But we're going to keep talking on this. Um, we're going to keep talking on Raheem. But first, we have to get a quick word in from our sponsor, Bet Bet.Online. Um, despite the weird sports atmosphere right now, there's still no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need a little more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. If you're looking for something else other than sports, Bet Online has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, prop bets. Check it out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. So one of the things that occurred to me or that I was kind of that I kind of thought of while I was breaking all these points down was to me there has there should be a little bit of I guess you could use the word blame a little bit of you know a little bit of the spotlight should be shared by Raheem Mostert's agent Brett Tesler of Tesler Sports now to me like and I and I understand that that Raheem's new success has come fairly quickly, but the fact that Raheem just signed a deal one year ago, and you know that like trying to blend this in here, Raheem didn't get a lot of carries last year. He did get some though, and he was very good. But then he broke his arm, 
against the Raiders, I believe. You know, he had he had 13 carries for 52 yards, and he was average, averaging 7.7 yards per carry. You know, so he, he obviously this is no, you know, he did have one touchdown as well. This isn't a huge, <laughs> this isn't a huge stat line here. Um, excuse me, I don't know where why I misquoted those numbers. He had 34 carries for 261 yards, and he averaged 7.7 yards per carry. He also had one touchdown. So his sample size was about a third or a fourth, kind of depending on what stat you're looking at, of what he got in 2019. So he wasn't getting a lot of carries in 2018, but he did get some. And to me, last year, you know, not 2019, 2018, is when it became not obvious, but it was clear that Raheem Mostert knew how to run the ball and might be able to do things in this offense. And it also doesn't – it seems like it would be a very loud, very obvious tell from an agent and a player standpoint when a team – approaches you to re-sign the deal right after the season after he started to get a little bit of significant carries and was doing well. And obviously he's a complete special teams ace. So to me, the agent says that he re-signed for special teams. And I, I'm not really 100% buying that. Yes, at this time, Raheem Mostert was still a genuine special teams ace, a stud, and he, and he he was one of the only players in a while, or at least on the 49ers, that I've seen consistently make special teams highlights. Who was it? Was it Spillman? The the 49ers safety that was that was that used to make special teams highlights like five or six years ago? Oh yeah, number twenty-seven and ended up going was to the Dallas CJ Cowboys. Spillman? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I thought I had that name right. And I, I I'm pretty sure he ended up getting into some trouble. Um, but he, you know, that was the last player that I remember. You know, Kasim Osgood was pretty good. Um, that, but that was the last player I remember, like, really having that special teams role on lock. You know, like, everybody was waiting, would watch this dude, you know, a gunner on kits, kicks and punts. And that's the way Raheem was on special teams. So I can understand that that his a lot of his value came on special teams. But they, how could you not know at this time that Raheem was about to kind of step into that running back scene just a little bit, at least enough to include some running, rushing incentives into, into this brand new contract that you're going to author. Now, they may have. They might have. They might have included some sort of incentives for stuff like that. But obviously, they didn't do, his agent didn't do that good of a job with it if he's only been on that deal for one season and he gets about half a season's worth of carries and does really well. Obviously I'm not trying to downplay anything Raheem did, but, and you're already acting like it's the team's fault that they're not willing to rework the deal. Like obviously Raheem's, uh, you know, surge this season was pretty special. Like, I mean, he, he had 137 carries for 772 yards, still managed to find the end zone eight times. He averaged 5.6 yards per carry. He had another two touchdowns through the air, caught for 180 yards, and then he just went off in the playoffs. And I get it. I get that that that, that is the moment in which he wants to capitalize on and get paid. But, I mean, like, you, as an agent, you have got to at least include something for your, your guy to make sure that that deal that he's signing is going to take care of him. And it just seems to me like a pretty – and this could be from a point of – 
of being naive and a little ignorant when it comes to contracts. But to me, it just seems like you completely failed your player. If after one year of playing and him actually stepping up and having a great season, you're already regretting the contract you signed and then putting that player in a tough spot and, and having to request a trade away from one of the best running rushing offenses in the NFL because you're not getting the new numbers that you just you just signed a year ago. You know what I mean? Like there there it, it it's still not like it still could go both ways. Like I get it. Raheem balled out. He wants to take care of it. But to me a little bit of that that blame has to fall on the agent for negotiating a deal that didn't reward Raheem for all of the the work he did this season. And it and it was and it was bad enough to where with this recent success, you automatically are just like, all right, we need to redo this. If they don't redo this, let's request a trade. Like to me, that seems like a hell of a thing to put a player through, you know? And I, I right. just immediately, my, my first thought is what Richard Sherman said like a year ago when, or two years ago, whenever it was when he negotiated his contract and he said, look, these agents sign shitty deals all the time that don't reward the player for what they're going to do. And this to me seems like one of those examples. Yeah, especially you know, with am, the low am, am guarantee. Am I crazy? Am, am, you know, what, what do you think, man? Am I like, am I, am I off base? No, nah, it's the low guarantees that really like screw it. I, I think if he was guaranteed all eight point six million, it might not be that bad. But the, with the fact that you can cut Mostert tomorrow and <laughs> and you know, like, wouldn't owe him anything, that that that's kind of you know ridiculous. Yeah, and it, and then now you're asking the player to request a trade in a league where no, I mean, there's plenty of teams out there that's got plenty of salary salary cap to afford Raheem and whatever he wants, especially if his if what he wants is as modest as what has been said, then there's still plenty of teams that are going to be able to afford that and probably would be willing to pay him that. But now you're sending your player into the, the maelstrom of a trade market in an NFL where freaking Chadavian Clowney hasn't even been signed yet. Nobody knows how much money they're going to have next year and, and, and what players that are currently on their roster are not going to be able to stay. Because they could, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the salary cap? Doesn't seem like it's going to go up. What if it goes down? I, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know how that stuff works. But I really know that the, you know, when the NFL starts auctioning off NFL seats with advertising banners, you know, things are financially in a weird place. So, right. you know, I don't know. I just feel like Raheem, and like I said, I know the guy. I love the guy. I like everything about him. But I just feel like he's been put in a tough spot, you know, by a little bit by the 49ers, a lot of it by his agent, you know, and it's just it's unfortunate to see something like this kind of unravel in this way because of, you know, what I envisioned him doing this season. You know, now there is a chance those of you there is a chance that this goes away, that the 49ers one, they have the 100 percent right to say, no, we're not going to trade you. And if you hold out, it's going to suck because you're going to lose more money and then you're going to lose a year of your contract because of how the, the CBA changes to holding out. It, it much more favors the team now as far as holdouts go. So the 49ers have most of the leverage. They can just say, no, we're not going to trade you. We need you. You're our best running back. We want you. You know, like, 
it, that's very well what they could do. And and like I said, with the way the CBA changes, it doesn't favor a holdout. And Raheem is, you know, still on the team. And, and, and maybe they work it out. Maybe they can, you know, they work something. They change this deal around. Like Crocker said, guarantee some money. I, I don't know. But, you know, there, that is a chance. But it's just, you know, it's it's crappy that this is what it's his Cinderella story. This is what it turned into. You know, like you would much rather see the guy have the kind of performance he had uh, and get paid and and do and then then step into a, a running back one role that he's been wanting all his life and just roll from there. But it just doesn't work like that, especially right now when things are so weird. So I don't know, man. Yes, it is unfortunate, man. But one thing I do want to say on and touch on this, I I've seen it a lot on Twitter, but I really don't think that. Anything that's going on with Mostert has, I don't think it has anything to do with George Kittle. I, I don't think that, you know, giving him a one or two million dollar bump will affect George Kittle and his contract negoti- negotiations in any way. I don't no, think that taking care of Mostert right now while working on Kittle's contract will affect Kittle in any way. Kittle's going to get his money and whatever they're going to, you know, they agree upon or whatever. I don't think it's not going to have anything to do with most of it. So I've seen a lot of that where people are like, you can't take care of him. You haven't taken. I just, I saw the Rams take care of a couple of guys before Aaron Donald and they still made Aaron Donald the highest paid defensive player in the year in the league. And I don't think Aaron Donald's complaining that a couple of other people got paid before him. So that I just kind of wanted to touch on that because I've seen that a lot on Twitter. I don't think one has anything to do with the other. I saw people throwing in George Kittle, like bringing up George Kittle, after Mahomes signed. And it's like, what does George Kittle have to do with anything going on with Patrick Mahomes? And they're like, well, yeah, 49ers, pay the man. Like, it's like, dude, like, he just the 49ers got paid half a billion dollars. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. The 49ers are clearly I did see working. that. I did see that too. And all these George Kittle tweet, tweets started coming out of nowhere. I was like, what's that? This quarterback just that just won the Super Bowl just got paid half a billion dollars. What does that have to do with the 49ers? Tight end, like I, I just didn't understand the correlation. Yeah, players get paid. That's that's how it works. But, um, well, and, and another thing that that you know, to your point, how you're saying the George Kittle contract shouldn't affect that. Like, if you if you think the George Kittle contract affects Raheem Mostert's desire to get paid a little bit more, don't go look at the free agents that are supposed to from the 49ers after this season. Because there are a lot of players that play big roles with this team that are slated to become a free agent after 2020, and and a lot of them are go- the team will keep. But you know, if if you just feel like George Kittle's contract is holding everybody back from re-signing with the team, you know, then then don't look at the 2021 free agents because it's going to scare the hell out of you. Because you're going to think that all those players on there are gone and the 49ers are going to look completely different um, because that's not the case. It's just, they've got some work to do. That's for sure. But you know, the, the big thing is, is, is if that's true and, and Raheem just wants a little bit more probably uh, definitely in the guarantees department. And he just wants to be paid closer to Tevin Coleman. Then I feel like the 49ers should try to make that work. I don't feel like you should tr- trade somebody like to me, you know, do you run the risk? And maybe you'd be able to elaborate on this a little bit more, Crocker, but you just traded DeForest Buckner for a first-round pick. And it was clear why they had to do that. 
after he was a big part of the push to the Super Bowl. Now do you go and trade Raheem Mostert, who also was a big part of that push to the Super Bowl? You know, you know what I mean? Like at what point does the front office start to, you know, develop a little bit of a reputation from a player's perspective about not wanting to honor a, a, the work a player is willing to put in? You know, and I'm not saying the team is anywhere near that. But I'm saying, you know, you, you you're starting to just see what the what the price is of success for the 49ers, you know, and, and how things have to be after you compete for a Super Bowl. You know, it's pay, players want to get paid, teams want to pay them. It, it's just it's weird how it all kind of starts to or starts to flare up. It, it'll be interesting to see how John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan handle it all. Um, but I, I do feel like that Raheem has earned the right to one stick around. Don't let that guy walk out the door after what he's been able to finally do with your team, figure it out, work it out, find a happy medium, figure out how you can keep him on your team and make him happy. And then if, if, even if that means, like I said, turning something into a, a signing bonus or a guaranteed deal, do that and work. See, if, just keep him in the building, keep him happy. Work on a deal next year. Figure it out because to me, he just seems like the type of guy you want in your building, especially after what he's had to go through to get to this point. So, you know, that's that's just kind of where I am. But at the same time, there's a lot of things working against Raheem right now, and it, it'll it'll just be interesting to see how it all unravels. But you got any other Raheem Raheem thoughts, bro? Nah, man. You know, just. At the end of the day, man, players got to do what they feel is best for them. And if this is what he feels is best for him, then you got to do it. Because I've seen the other side of it. And they'll, the NFL, man, like teams, they'll cut you for nothing. I remember I got cut because Joe, Joe McKnight had a concussion and Chris Ivory had an ankle sprain. And they, need, they, they needed a running back to go into the game. So I was like, well, let's just cut Crocker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it's like, dang, man, what I do? You know, like, right. why cut me? So you see that the business side of things and how quickly they'll let you go. So, and obviously Raheem Mostert has really seen that being released six times by, you know, different teams before even getting with the 49ers. So yeah, that finally has an opportunity, man, you know, to kind of, hey man, like I've shown my worth a little bit and I can still, I can give you even more. I just need a little bit, you know, show me a little bit of love, please. Like you've shown these other guys right. who haven't even played a snap for you guys yet, right? Well, and in other news, and we'll we'll kind of we'll kind of cap this off with some other news here. Uh, I mean, sort of news, but um, and I'm going to make sure I get the qu- direct quote for you guys because Matt Mayoko wrote about it. Um, but George Kittle was asked recently about whether or not you know, and he asked his this this. This coming year is his last year on his rookie deal, and uh, you know his his pay takes a significant bump up. I think it's close to two million now. Um, under some of the new the way the contracts are worked, you know, if, if a player has proven himself worth staying on a team for as long as George Kittle has, then their contract takes a their rookie contract takes a big bump up. Um, but George Kittle was asked if he was going to hold out. And his quote pretty much confirmed that that wasn't a part of his of his plans. So let me I'm going to make sure I get it for you Um, while on a conference call Wednesday. And this is from Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area. You should know who he is. If you don't, you live under a rock because 
He's the 49ers' most prominent beat writer and a great dude. Um, while on a conference call Wednesday to bring awareness to Gatorade's Beat the Heat program, Kittle addressed the topic when NBC Sports Bay Area asked him about the possibility of a holdout. And this was George Kittle's quote. Being a captain, I want to be there for my team, and I need to show the right leadership skills. That was all he said. But to me, that's a pretty obvious indication that he has no plans of holding out. And that not that's not necessarily – I'm not saying that that's not what he should do. Um, but like we said, holding out – or like I said, holding out is different now. If it, I think it's like something super short, like five days. If he like holds out for five days, he risks losing an accrued year of his contract and he would become a restricted free agent next year. It's something along those lines. So the, the, the landscape of holding out is not what it used to be just a year ago, but I never really one George Kittle knows he's going to get paid. It's going to happen. Period. It's, it's an inevitable Two, He never struck me as the holdout guy. Like that dude is, even if it, not to say he wouldn't do it, but that dude is as football as you get. Like, that dude is 100% game, 100% of the time, has every attitude and, you know, I, however you want to describe this, he's he's 100% ball all the time. And you would just, it seems like if he were, he's the type of guy that if he had to hold out, he'd have a room in his house where he could just go in and scream and hit the walls and break shit because he was so frustrated that he wasn't playing football. That's to I, me. I hear you, but I'd hold out if I were him. No, I know and, that. And this is why. Like, you know, and maybe he won't. But again, a lot of times it's not the player, it's the agent. So we'll see what his agent has to say about it. But if I'm his agent, I'm telling him, look, the brand of football in which you play is extremely physical. You've played through some crazy injuries whether it was his shoulder that he's been needing surgery on and, and put it off and be like, hey, I'll just put a harness on there. Ribs to where he has to wear a super big rib cage. He he puts his body on the line. Every time round blocking, he's not some little punk who's going to, you know, <laughs> you know, try to protect himself and not do that. Like, he's going all out in everything that he does. After the catch, he is the hammer, not the nail. So the brand in which he plays, any play, I mean, I know this for any player, but, he really puts his body on line to where it's like any play could be like the last play of the season. You don't want to go out there in a contract year and you don't have it done yet and play the brand of football that he plays and not have long-term stability. Now with where he's at now, he was just voted as the best tight end in the NFL. I saw something about that. I mean, I've been thinking he's that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Let's get this deal done. And, and maybe this will hurry it up. I, I need my I need my money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I need my guarantees. And I need to know that I can go out there and lay it all on the line every single play like I've been doing for you guys at the level better than anybody else at my position over the last couple of years. And I need that financial stability because, yeah, I'm up there and, you know, Kelsey and all that, whatever, we're in the talks. Kelsey's paid. Kelsey's been paid. If I'm George Kittle, I was a fourth or fifth round pick. I have not been paid. I haven't been paid. George Kittle, I know everybody looks at him like, oh, you know, all pro, all these poor bull, all he ain't been paid. He probably been he probably made like six hundred thousand dollars last year. After taxes, it's like three hundred thousand um, dollars. you know, 
It's not like, and then after living in the Bay Area, it's probably like $50,000. He's not getting <laughs> paid a bunch mm -hmm. of money right now, I think that people think. But he's giving you that production, and with how he plays, it can all be over really quick, at least a season. So if I'm him, I'm holding out. Give me that, that extension. Give me that long-term investment. Um, and then, yeah, let's get this whole thing rolling. That's If I'm his agent, that's what I'm telling him to do. Right, and that's and that's what I when I when we started talking about Kittle, I said I'm not saying that he shouldn't hold out, but I'm just saying that the type of person that guy is, like I I don't know. I mean, again, money is the ultimate motivator and deadline spur action, but it's just Kittle and his personality. Like it's like, yeah, I know he, his agent could recommend he hold out, and he could do it, but it would absolutely destroy that guy to not be with his team and to not be playing. I know it for a fact. I could just tell you by the way he is. But like I said, it's not necessarily – I'm not saying that's what he shouldn't do because he needs to get paid like the player he is. But we'll see if that happens. It's just – and his reply to whoever asked that question was just not – it just wasn't a surprise to me. He's a right. captain. He's, I want to be there for my team. I need to show the right leadership skills. You know, it just, it just doesn't surprise me that he would be like, essentially F that I'm going to be out there while his agent is slamming his door and saying, damn it. Like, dude, just give me a few days of not showing up. It's probably what he's asking for, but who knows, man, who knows? But, um, so there's that. I mean, Kittle's things ongoing. We'll see. I, I'm, I know I have really have. If someone asked me if I thought it was going to get done before the year, uh, I don't think I, it does. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised at all because obviously it's it's just a no brainer. He's you know that's the type of guy you pay. Another little tiny, not really news, but it's a little tiny little plus sign um, is I saw a video today. I can't remember who tweeted it um, of Trent Taylor running some routes. And looking like Trent Taylor, I think it was kind of like a whip route where he he started to do like a slant and then kicked it back out and whatever, something like that. Where it was a typical Trent Taylor route where he's changing direction like a madman. Um, and he looked healthy and he was moving. And these are the type of workouts you're not allowed to do unless you're 100% cleared to to do football things. And and that's a huge positive. And I, and I always love bringing up Trent Taylor, especially with Crocker, because he was there with me at training camp when we watched that guy just straight up run that place. And, and I mean like, like, holy shit, this guy's going to easily get over a thousand yards this season type of run that place against the 49ers defense. Um, every, every piece that was there for last season's run of that 49ers defense, Trent Taylor and Jimmy Garoppolo were having their way with. So it's for him to see him healthy is a huge boost, huge boost. If he can work his way into that offense and, and just be another piece, especially with, with Debo being down and out for, for the time being with, um, with his injury. It, um, it's, in, it's cool to see him do his thing. I mean, I know, like I said, you were, you were there watching him. What, I mean, what does Trent Taylor being healthy mean to you, man? Now it means a lot. I mean, that, you know, this is a guy that was highly productive at Louisiana Tech. Uh, highly I mean, productive, like highly productive, like 1600 receiving yards his senior year or something. And right. we, we saw, we've seen flashes of, of, you know, the potential that he has and, you know, his rookie year, I thought, you know, for somebody that was coming in and had to start right away in a slot, I, I thought that, you know, he was pretty good over 40 catches and 
400 yards, or, you know, whatever. And you, you just thought from there he'd take the next step, but then he had the back injury and kind of wasn't the same. And then obviously last year, you know, missing all of it with the foot injury. I think Trent Taylor healthy, man, you know, he makes the team better. And he looked to be Jimmy's safety blanket a lot. And I think, you know, George Kittle has kind of take, taken on that role of being more of a possession guy. And I mean, obviously he still gives you the big plays, but, uh, you know, he, he, he definitely helps the 49ers. And I saw I saw the clips that you saw and looked good. Looked like he's able to push off that foot and all those hundred uh, surgeries and and infections. It, it looks like it's not an issue right now. So um, that was good, man. I just hope we have some damn football season this year. You see the Ivy League shut down all their fall fall sports. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Stan and Stanford cut a bunch of sports now. If you read the list of sports, they're not exactly exactly at crucial sports. No offense to any of the people that play those, but they're not on the, the higher list of popularity. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. That, that's a good point. Like we talk about all this, but I don't even know, you know, if there's football, I don't know what it's going to be like. I mean, it, it's so hard to envision. You see how much attention every single one of these positive cases on a team gets. Like, just wait until those are mid-season. Hey, you know, I have a question, and I haven't looked into this. Just somebody today, I was talking to someone, and they told me about this. So a couple of things, and again, I'm not a real big – I'm not a big political person, but they say that this has been more of a push to try to get Trump uh, out of office or not reelected. And I, I don't want to get political on here, but they're saying that's kind of been a driving force behind pushing the numbers – of the coronavirus. So that's one. Two, and I haven't looked into this, but someone told me that I guess a bunch of nurses uh, took some swabs and sent them in and it all came back positive for coronavirus, but they didn't even use the swabs. They like fake used them and sent it in. And wow. it, it came back as they tested positive. Like, so, like they hadn't even really swabbed anybody with them? No, they were just like, let's see, like how if any of them come back positive, and it was like all of them came back positive. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I don't know what to believe, but I know one thing: is fucking up my football this year, and, <laughs> and they need to figure this out right now because I don't see football. I literally, I'm trying to stay excited about this. I don't see football happening this year. I just don't. Well, I, and I'm, you know, coming at it from a different angle. I'm a football coach every year and I have to, and I coach middle school football and, and I can't envision a bunch of kids running around tackling each other right now and doing, right. you know, practice and hitting drills and, and everything, every unsanitary thing that comes along with playing football because it's just a dirty game, you know, and, and, and where people are touching each other constantly. And it, I'm right there with you, dude. I have no idea what it's going to look like. And to me, the biggest thing is, okay, let's say we have football. How long will it be before somebody's stud player tests positive? And then you're going to hear all kinds of shit about teams trying to hide test results so that their player doesn't get booted. But then obviously that's putting the whole league. At, like I have, there are so many negative thoughts about what could happen with all this coronavirus stuff blending, not just before the season and what it keeps the season from doing, but during the season and how it affects it, it it's it's going to be brutal, man. And it's going to be weird. And there's going to be a lot of teams that, let's say, they get disproportionately hit with the coronavirus and players can't play. There's going to be a lot of complaints about the legitimacy of the season when 
players, you know what I mean? Like players are gonna not gonna be able to play because they got the coronavirus, two weeks quarantine minimum. Yeah, you know, it's you know, I don't know, man. It it could go on forever. I don't know. So there are a lot of people that think that after the election, it'll just magically get better. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see, man. It wouldn't. I mean, I have such a disdain for politics and and the way it is today. It wouldn't surprise me. It just wouldn't surprise me if that was a part of it. I'm not in any way saying it is. I'm not a part of that game. I hate it, and I just look at it from afar and 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 despise it. But. It wouldn't. It just would. Nothing surprises me with any of this anymore. So it wouldn't surprise me. But at the same time, I still think that it. For the meantime, until we learn more, it should be taken seriously. Y'all, people out there standing in lakes, you know, yeah, nut nah. to butt with with your buddy and and all these like you guys need to stop doing that shit. Because, take all precautions. You know that's right. what you need to do. I, I have the thing pulled up with the nurses. Would you like to hear it? Hey. I'm down, right. man. Striking so gold's about go. to get a little weird. Let's go. So, so uh, they said uh, purposely. So these nurses uh, purposely sent throat swab tests to a lab at Piedmont Athens Regional Medical Center that only anal- analyzes nasal swab tests, knowing that they will result in a negative test. Like so, they sent these in, knowing that it's going to be a negative t- negative test, and the results came back positive. <laughs> What do you even do at that point as the nurse? Like, they're, no, they're, they are, they fought, they filed a lawsuit for uh, uh, falsifying COVID nineteen test results. Wow, that's interesting. Yep. So I mean, it wasn't like swept under the rug. Like they they, they nope. want it to be to be bigger. Nah, wow. We're, we're, we filed lawsuits here, um, and who knows how many other cases you know like this are kind of going on. Again, I, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I just know I see the numbers. And I, you know, I see them going up, and I say, I have a hard time thinking that there's going to be football, and that's the, that's my only takeaway from it, really, right now. Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Eric Crocker's takeaway on the coronavirus is not safe for work. I don't know about this, but it's fucking up my football. <laughs> you know, I don't know about it, but it's ruining my football. So get it the hell out of here, that's- man. Do something about it, please. Yeah, I mean, the 49ers are supposed to start practicing football in, like, two weeks. How the hell is that supposed to happen? Like, dude, it's – I don't know, man. Let's see I happen. don't know. <laughs> this shit's crazy. See how basketball but... does, and then maybe football can take you know a similar <laughs> approach. We'll see. I know, dude. It's so wild. All right. All right. Well, that's that's it for another another week. Man, that was a quick – we're not quite in an hour yet, but that was a quick hour. So yeah, we got to talk for about – 10 more minutes or something. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I know just to, just to get it to our, our, our weekly average of, of way over an hour. Just, but I think, I think we've hit our points for today. And, and, and as always hit us up on Twitter, you can find me at Rob underscore louder, L O W D E R. You can find Crocker at Eric underscore Crocker. Um, let us know what you think. Give us your opinion on any of this stuff. It doesn't even have to be something we talked about. Just hit us up. Tell us what you think. You know, if, if there's some topic that you think like we didn't discuss or that we should discuss, hit us up. Let us know. We'll, neither of us have, have an ego. We'd be all about it. So um, contact us on Twitter. And, and as always, I appreciate everybody who is still listening right now and has tolerated our opinions for and our thoughts for 53 minutes. 
I appreciate you guys. And, uh, and you're the reason we can do this because you guys listen. If you didn't listen, we wouldn't be here. So it's all about you guys. I appreciate it. Um, but that's it. It's another week. Um, we'll see you next week. For now, this is Striking Gold signing off. Peace. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Gold. As he takes everybody on. Messi has got it. From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal, soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.